Hello and welcome to UX Soup, a short-form podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords to give you the latest developments impacting the user experiences of personal devices and services in the home, in the car, or on the go. As always, UX Soup is presented by Strategy Analytics, a global consulting and research firm providing our clients with insights, analysis, and expertise. I'm Diana Franganillo, and I am here today with my co-host Chris Reiner. Hello, Hello Chris. Hello. A couple of months ago, we chatted with Joe Smith about motion sickness, what causes it, how we can mitigate or recover from it, and also how we could measure it. Today, we will continue to discuss about aspects of passenger comfort and the fact it will become a key user experience issue and differentiator in future vehicles. In order to have this conversation, we have invited Dr. Cyril Deals, Deputy Director of the Intelligent Mobility Design Center at the Royal College of Arts in London. Cyril has a background in social psychology, psychoeconomics, and a PhD in human factors. He has worked in automotive research and academia for numerous years, but the, his career also includes OEM experience. Cyril, welcome to UX Soup. Thank you very much, Diana. Thanks for the introduction and uh, thanks for having me. Cyril, before we crack on with the topic, could you please tell us a little bit about the Intelligent Mobility Design Center and in particular about its mission and, and the projects that you guys undertake? Yeah, sure, sure. Thanks very much. Um, so yeah, so the um, Intelligent Mobility Design Center is one of the, uh, the five research centers within the uh, Royal College of Arts. The Royal College of Arts has historically been very much tuned in with design. It's always been a really very important part of the RCA. And it's also been running one of the best well-known MA programs in vehicle design uh, since the mid-60s. And over the years, that has grown quite a lot in terms of scope. So it went from vehicle design to be more expensive in terms of including things like micromobility, mass transit as well. But also the research activities over the years have uh, enhanced quite a, quite a lot. So the OMDC was, uh, center was set up a few years ago. And sort of the, the questions that we are trying to address is how do we share what we used to own? How do we make shared mobility attractive and desirable? Uh, how we create joyful journeys? How can we elevate the journey experience? But also things like how we imagine mobility in our future towns and the interaction between the urban environment and mobility, what that means. Um, so there's a wide range of uh, topics that we um, try to address. And uh, we try to do that from a sort of multidisciplinary perspective. So we, we have designers, artists, scientists, engineers coming together to, to reimagine how we uh, will be moving in the future. It sounds like a very eclectic environment. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's absolutely what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Cyril, today's topic is passenger comfort, and we are not only referring to jump on a car and put our feet up. What is the definition that we are tackling here about comfort? What is the definition you guys use? Yeah, that's a that's a, it's a very very good question, and it's and it's not not that straightforward. So, I think what's really important is that that it's it's one of those really complicated aspects, and it's got many many different elements to it. So we have elements that are psychological in nature, physical, physiological, but also there's sort of social variables related to comfort. So it's a, it's a very multifaceted uh, element. And that, that makes it complicated to think about it when we're trying to design for comfort. But I think it's going to be a, a really important aspect of the future mobility um, uh, experiences, and particularly if we think about um, what's happening in terms of the developments, in terms of automation and shared mobility, it really changes the the experience that we have within these vehicles. And so I think comfort is one of those really key elements that I think is going to be um, really important to tackle 
and try to understand try to understand what are the actual the, the passenger needs and how can we address that particularly using design is comfort something you can quantify and if so how would you go about that yeah well great question chris quantification is always the the big question particularly in the in the sort of automotive industry uh, we'd like to put a number on it and i think what's really important in terms of comfort is that there is this sort of continuum or parallels between on the one hand we've got discomfort uh, where we feel hardship with our environment on the other hand we have comfort and traditionally it's always been about reducing discomfort or avoiding discomfort but i think where we're moving towards now is actually uh, being able to avoid discomfort but comfort is very much more uh, more than that so it's how can we elevate the journey experience how can we provide more than what we'd expect to see or experience within the environment. And so it becomes quite nebulous to start to measure it. And in a way, that's fine. I mean, for me, as a, someone with a background in psychology, I'm quite happy with quite nebulous concepts that uh, may not be really easy to uh, quantify and, and uh, verify. But it's about, ultimately, it's about the, the quality of the experience that, uh, that people have. It reminds me of the switch from psychology to positive psychology. One is about worrying about not feeling bad, and the other one is kind of like about feeling great, actually. So it's yeah. kind of like that, like providing that experience in the car. Yeah, and I think that's really a, a big transition that we see now. I think until now, it's been very much about pragmatic attributes within the vehicles and within mobility. And now, of course, with that shift, it's a complete change in the way we think about the journey. And it's, re it's and I think we see it permeating everywhere. And it's really nice to see because, you know, even at the OEMs, people are employing experienced designers and traction designers so there's definitely a change towards yeah creating those positive experiences in, in mobility yeah so Cyril so you have said that this is a multifaceted concept what do you use to work on this concept and to focus the discussions about the different legs this concept has as, as I said it's so many different elements to it that sometimes it becomes a bit daunting to start thinking about how you're going to tackle this because where do you start it's got so many elements to it Sort of one of the approaches that I've been taking is to look at, well, can we learn something from other environments where the passenger experience is already a very established area? People have been thinking about it a lot. And, and one of those areas is actually aviation. So, of course, aviation always only has passengers, so they should know a thing or two about the passenger experience. And as it happens, there's quite a bit of research that's been done uh, the last few years looking into what actually determines the passenger experience in aviation. And that's really interesting because there's lots of parallels if we if you think about a future where we take the driver out of the loop and we're becoming passengers. So it's really interesting to start thinking about, you know, what are those factors and are they relevant for a different context? So I've been trying to work on some of that work that was done in aviation and try to understand some of those factors. And, and some are psychological, some are physical. So there's different elements to it. And if we look at it from the overall, essentially, we, we sort of come to about eight factors that have been sort of identified to be really important in terms of how people feel. And they, they range from things like peace of mind, sense of trust, all the way to, you know, the physical interaction that we have with people and our environment, but also things that are extremely nebulous, things like aesthetics and the way things look and how that may have, may have an impact on actual our experience of comfort. You have mentioned peace of mind and trust. So I know that there are different factors impacting trust uh, and passengers' trust. 
I would like to understand how do you guys and what is the work that you guys do to design? I mean, basically, we know that the, we can design for situation awareness. We know that we can design to mitigate or to reduce the likelihood of errors. How do we design for trust? Well, yes, obviously, there's lots of people who are into this space of trust. Trust is probably one of the most researched topics within this space, and it's very important, obviously. And some of the sort of early work we've been doing sort of uh, very quite clearly sort of identified situational awareness of the vehicle, for example, uh, and also behavioral intentions of the vehicle to be really key elements of, of trust. So the questions are, how do we communicate this to the passengers? How do we communicate this? What's the information that we're providing, but also how we're providing this? I think that's very important because the way it's presented is quite important also in terms of um, how comfortable we are with this. And very typically until now, there's been a very sort of literal translation in terms of how do we present information. So it's directly related to the passenger. And some of the early work we were thinking about as well is that, well, actually, we do want this information to feel, you know, have a sense of trust. But at the same time, we can also see that sort of a trade-off or tension between other things that we're trying to do within the car as well. On the one hand, we want this information related to trust, but we also don't want to be disturbed too much and get on with our things and enjoy our trip, so to speak. There's uh, sort of several tensions and trade-offs, and I think there's a real opportunity to look at sort of more intuitive ways of conveying that information that's important for, for trust. And I think we're just making some initial steps in trying to actually implement this in existing cars already. But of course, in the future of automated and shared vehicles, I think we have far more opportunities to, to be more playful and, and more intuitive with providing this information. So that's one of those areas that we're looking into is how we can push the, for example, the multisensory experiences in terms of communicating with passengers, but also how we can create really aesthetic experiences. So it's not just purely about giving the right information at the right time, but also how we can make this really work for people from an aesthetic sense. So this kind of framework that you have for designing for comfort in these situations, you say that you've been looking at the aviation industry, their long history. I imagine that also other forms of maybe public transport in that. And certainly that can be related over to you know future self-driving vehicles and mobility solutions. Can you expand a little more on this this framework of comfort? Is kind of it left in this transportation mobility space or can it be applied elsewhere in different fields and different industries? Yeah, so I think it can certainly be applied in different industries and different situations because ultimately what this framework really does, it looks at people's needs. And if we think about sort of people's needs and people's values, you know, they are important across a wide range of situations. They're not pertinent to transport or to, for example, future shared and automated vehicles, for example. So they tap into fundamental aspects of people's needs and people's values. But of course, within a certain context, certain needs are more pronounced or more important and more to the fore uh, than they would be in other um, circumstances or other interactions, so to speak. So, for example, when we think about future transport, we think about people needs for autonomy, people needs for competence. These are things that are important for any interaction that we have with any product or service. So I think that the framework can be applied across a wide range of transport domains, but also probably beyond that. I wanted us to discuss a little bit as well about future design concepts, like, for example, for the autonomous vehicles. Is a typical, you know, living room space where everybody's facing each other as in a very social environment. How tired or how happy are you 
<laughs> with this concept serial. Yes, well, I'm, I'm <laughs> so tired that I started to think of a name, to, yeah, to give it a name. I think I'm going to call it the Facing Seats uh, paradigm paradox as well. It's quite ironic because obviously the automation from a design perspective really opens up the whole gamut of what's possible. It's been always been hailed as this was really free up the design and we can really uh, let go and of our creativity and, and come up with really some interesting design directions. But actually, very paradoxically, what we're seeing is that there's a really strong convergence towards a very single vehicle topology with an interior layout, which is the same across all the different concepts that you see. And it's, it's really surprising. And of course, if you think about it from a conference perspective, we've, we've done studies in the past where we, uh, we compared, for example, motion sickness traveling backwards, and we know that's, that leads to more motion sickness. So there's a very good reason to think that it may not be the, the best, best way to design our future vehicles. But also more anecdotally, most people uh, actually prefer to travel forwards. And so it's quite interesting that the, the drive to use our vehicles in a more social sense and enhance the social interactions between people has driven the design so much that it has become sort of the, the stereotypical approach to uh, automated vehicles. So we are, we're very much interested in, in really moving away from that. And this again, it's coming back to the people's needs and aspects like that related to the social interactions, privacy, the sense of connectivity within the vehicle. So I think if we look at it from a much wider perspective and we include use cases that are perhaps not so much embedded into the, you know, the future office space and wheels where, yes, we can have this face-to-face meeting, which is, you know, of course, beneficial. There's lots of sort of more day-to-day scenarios where we can quite easily see that, you know, this sort of approach is actually counterintuitive and not really perhaps desirable also from a comfort perspective. And there's also a sort of a, a knock-on effect here as well because of this focus on this unibody, single-body, monovolume design of vehicles. We can see that there's a certain aesthetic appearing, very much following a form follows function, and it's got this sort of design product feeling to it. And it's very different from the traditional automotive styling, and that's absolutely fine. But if you look at all the, and I'm sure you've done the same, if you look at all the different concepts that are about and you look at them sort of collectively, what you start to see is that there's a almost like a, this really high tech, almost like this sort of dystopian sense of where, where we're going. And I think that's another thing that we really need to take into account. So we've got, of course, we've got the, the experience from inside the vehicle, but there's also the wider responsibility and, and thoughts about what do these vehicles mean for our neighborhoods, for our urban environments, for our communities? And I think that's quite a quite an important part as well. So things like visual blight, visual pollution are terms that are being used where our environments are essentially polluted by the amount of vehicles that we have. And so there's a real opportunity, I think, to be really sensitive to this as well. And I think when we're perhaps not quite there yet in terms of getting that right. And it's also something where for example, traditional automotive design skills actually can play a really important role because it's it's very sensitive to you know to cultural particularities, the environment, the context, the way it's being perceived. Uh, and I think we need perhaps some of that sensitivity back to also uh, the future concepts that we are seeing now. Yeah, if I see another rolling living room on wheels that we've been seeing <laughs> since since GM's slide back sixty years ago, that's yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. I was going to ask as well about the vehicle as a third space or as a to leave stationary moments. Do you guys 
let's say, believe or work on those? Are they part of the future, in your opinion? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, it, it just reminds me, when you asked the question, it reminds me um, of one of the projects um, from last year, which was called Mobility for Noodles. It's quite an interesting idea. But um, yeah, of course, the, the vehicle is going to be a completely different environment and it's going to take on different roles. So a lot of the thinking and a lot of the uh, also in collaboration with with the OEMs that we're working with is, you know, what, what does the future of the vehicle really mean? What's the role in the, in the environment it's going to play? It's going to be really expanded beyond just getting from A to B. So we're looking into scenarios and, and um, uh, future concepts where the vehicle is actually becoming part of, of the environment taking on dual roles depending on the time of the day and really for example becoming part of the community and being able to facilitate communities as well so, so that's quite important so we for example working with various organizations looking at rural mobility as well where again there, there's very different questions around the future of the vehicle and the role it might play to actually enhance the, the social and the economic um, prosperities of, the, of those communities so I think there's a, there's a real real opportunity to really expand on, on the, the meaning of mobility going forward. So as Diana mentioned, we did an episode a few months ago with uh, Joseph Smith about motion sickness and, and the difficulties in that in autonomous vehicles. Could you kind of enlighten us a bit as to how design and how this framework that you're working on can help mitigate that big issue that we see with self-driving cars? Sure. So I think there's two elements, really, the way we look at it is that the issue of motion sickness predominantly is associated with, obviously, with the motion. So that's absolutely key to the whole to the whole issue. And we're actually working on a joint industry project with several OEMs to actually understand what these motions actually are. So surprisingly, it's been around for a long time, but we actually still really lack the fundamental knowledge of what exactly those motions are. So that's uh, some work that we're working on. But in addition to that, what we are referring to as modulating factors. So top of the motion, there's aspects that can really have an impact on how we feel in the car. And so these are, these are related to vision. Vision is one of the key things. And of course, the classic example is engaging in a reading task or watching a video inside a vehicle. And from our research, you know, we can see within minutes, people will start to feel slightly queasy. It's a really powerful and, and detrimental condition that really has um, some really clear design implications for future vehicles. It relates to, for example, to, to the use of windows and where to place windows, the, the use of displays and how to use those, but also how we perhaps can augment the environment to avoid some of the, the sickness from occurring. So the key aspect of this is also anticipation and knowing what the vehicle is going to do. And so when, when we have this information, it's less likely that we will uh, experience motion sickness. So there's a, there's a lot of work that we've been doing about how can we augment the inside of the vehicle to actually increase the level of comfort being experienced by the passengers. And that's, again, the, that's a very, very tricky one. A lot of these questions around comfort as well, because, again, these are highly individual experiences as well. Uh, and particularly in, in, in vehicles that are shared and, and where we have multiple passengers, it becomes a really sort of sticky question as to are we now designing for all or actually are we going to be able to customize or personalize some of these interactions to target the people who really you know, benefit from it? I think that's a, it's going to be a real challenge for a lot of these examples, actually, certainly also in terms of motion sickness, because it's, it can be countermeasures as well intended as they are. They can be quite intrusive in terms of the, the overall journey experience. So it becomes really interesting. And I suppose a key thing here as well is how we perhaps in the future uh, may be able to use uh, some sort of personalized, integrated, wearable countermeasures that might work. 
certainly an area that we're really interested in and trying to establish what can be done. We're still at the very, very early stages of trying to really understand the fundamentals. And that's why we work on these joint projects to really get to grips with understanding it first before we can actually come up with the, the solution. Do you guys uh, do some work on the trade-off as well between comfort, motion sickness and trust in the vehicle and the level of progression of the vehicle as well to find a good trade-off between the vehicle getting you from A to B in a reasonable time but not getting you there sick? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a very good question. We're in the in the process of kicking off a project around this and this is exactly the case. So the route, for example, that you choose or the vehicle maneuvers that your, your vehicle is going to make will obviously have an impact on the level of motion sickness. And there may be some trade-offs. So we may have a longer journey or, or different types of journeys just to avoid this. And again, this topic is a good example of the complexity of this whole topic of comfort experience and mobility, because again, there are so many different parameters and, and elements to consider that there will never be a single answer. Unfortunately, we don't, we don't have any silver bullets yet. Keep chasing them. I think you have enough research to do in the future to not to get bored. <laughs> to have. Yeah, I think so. I think so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing topic, infinite topic, as it sounds. Anything else that you want to add before we wrap up, Cyril? Maybe one, and it's more of a question for you guys, but one of the things that always strikes me is that there's a lot of attention being paid to content consumption. So mm-hmm. it's about watching videos, reading something, having a conversation. But of course, one of the key things, of course, that we imagine these future vehicles to become part of our daily lives or of our work. So I think content creation is one of those really outstanding questions. And I think it's, it's relatively under-researched and poorly understood. What's the next keyboard? What's the next mouse going to be that we can actually use in the car? I think that's that's a really uh, quite a pertinent question and so fundamental to the vision that we have of future mobility. I, I, I'm with you on that I, because typically drivers and passengers are just purely consumers of things in the car and because of attention reasons and all that. I think this would definitely open up some more creativity. And I've, I've seen some examples of more interactive elements toward creativity, but not something that's kind of purely artistically creative. Yeah. And of course, you know, it may sound like a boring, <laughs> boring topic, but actually doing some work in your vehicle is far from obvious. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if we want to enable that, that's actually quite a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. So I think we still got uh, plenty of things to uh, explore. Absolutely. Well, that was really nice, Cyril. Thanks for being here with us. I'm afraid that this is all the time we've got. Let's park it here. I'm probably we would need to have another conversation with you in a few months' time. Yeah, sounds great. Well, thanks again for inviting me. Thank you. You're very welcome. If you would like to chat more about future vehicle concepts or send us any questions you might have, you can email us at uxsoup, all one word, at strategyanalytics.com. The show notes on our podcast website, ux-soup.com, has links to our recent research. There, you can also connect with each of us on LinkedIn, including Serial. A reminder that UXSoup is sponsored, as always, by Strategy Analytics. Check out the latest user-focused insights in mobile, automotive, and smart home by visiting strategyanalytics.com. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now.